Welcome back to the third episode of Gold on the Ceiling. I'm joined by my two favorite hockey fans, Ryan and Ben. Hey, guys. Hello. What's up? All right, so this episode is going to be mostly inspired by recent roster moves made by the Predators. Um, We've all kind of been waiting on the Matt Duchesne trade saga to end. It finally has and the Predators benefited greatly from it. And we added a bona fide second-line center in by or that goes by the name of Kyle Turris from the Ottawa Senators. Um, I feel like I really just jumped right into that. But I'm super Why excited. Not? Yeah, I'm super excited, and I know both of you guys are as well, and we want to try to... We want to try to cover that as, as much as possible in this episode. Um, let's just start with some initial reactions about the deal from both of you guys. How do you how are, are you guys feeling about it? I'm pretty stoked. I mean, we gave up um, a couple of pieces that uh, some fans were attached to, but that's what happens when you get attached to prospects and they get moved. So I'm I'm good with that. I. I tend to focus on what we get in return rather than what we had to get up, give up to get there. So I'm I'm pretty excited. I think I've watched a lot of Terrace's highlights, and he does some things that few hockey players are capable of doing, and and that's just him on his own. He's also a great setup guy, and uh, I think our our young players that are blossoming are really going to benefit from having a bonfire second line center it borderline first you know this guy's like in between being a first and second line center uh it's not Deshane, but terrace is it's is better defensively than Deshane. so you you don't get the high ceiling that Deshane probably has uh offensively but terrace is a solid two-way center ryan do you have anything to add yeah, well, I, I love the trade, too. I, I think uh, Poyle made a pretty good deal. Um, I was never attached to Kamenov like some people were. I didn't get to see him much outside of, like, the World Juniors. But, uh, like, the the Girard loss sucked a lot because, like, like following him for a while, you, you saw that he was going to be great. But you got to give good to get good, and uh, Kyle Turris is certainly good. So uh, I think the Preds are better now than they were a couple days ago. That's very true. Uh, yeah, you gotta we gotta spend money absolutely. to make money. I exactly, say. and and come as a baseball fan, I know exactly how that works. You know, you you and you. I feel like you grow a little bit more attached to these prospects in baseball. Uh, I could be wrong, or that might just be my baseball background and bias. Um, but I do feel, or I I know exactly what it's like to have to give something up to get something in return. You see it, especially at the trade deadline in baseball, where just in, in the case of Chris Sale this past this past offseason, 
You know, the Boston Red Sox had to give up two of their top five prospects and then some, you know. So it it definitely costs a lot to get a lot. Um, like like Ben said, we gave up uh, – what's – I do not know Kamenev's first name. Vladislav. Vladislav. There we go. I did not want to mess that up either, so I'm glad I've got you guys here. Uh, and Samuel Gerard. And, uh, and I even said – you know, on Twitter, and I think some people kind of missed it. I was like, at least Samuel Gerard can't score his first career goal against yeah. us. Yeah. And uh, I think I think that joke went right over some people's head because we've seen. No, that's pretty good. We've, we've seen rookie. <laughs> that's good. I like that. Yeah, we've seen rookies debut against us, oh, and they score, <laughs> and it's it's not been fun to watch. So at least that can't happen. It will be cool that you know. Samuel Gerard does stay in the division, so we can watch him blossom a little closer than most trades would allow us. Oh yeah, that's gonna be tons of fun. Yeah, yeah. Just wait, you know, a couple years till he's killing us. Ugh. But uh, yeah, it it does suck. But like both of you guys said, we did get a real addition to this team. Uh, I think one thing that gets overlooked, and maybe I'm just overthinking it, but. With the addition of Kyle Turris, every acquisition we've made lately, uh, minus the P.K. Subban trade, everybody that we've brought to this roster now has deep playoff success. Uh, we saw Kyle Turris with the Ottawa Senators. He, That team made it to the Eastern Conference Finals and was you know, a lucky bounce away from being in the Stanley Cup against us this past season. Nick Bonino is a two-time champion. Uh, Scott Hartnell had some success with Columbus last year. So I think that is – And with Philadelphia while he was there. the finals with Philly, yeah. Yeah, I think that's something that that gets overlooked because it's not a measurable stat. There's no number for, oh, this guy's played in a Stanley Cup final. Absolutely. It was – That's a great – And it was something I was thinking about as I had to rush and grab these headphones, but (laughs) – I think that's something that that's definitely helpful to the rest of the team, you know, especially with uh, with Scott, Hart- Scott Hartnell bringing veteran presence uh, to the second line. Now we've got Kyle Turris on that line as well. I think that, that both of those things will be very beneficial going forward. I do, I do think that makes us deadly come playoff time if we can – you know, put together some late season success, kind of like we did last year. I said last night, uh, thinking ahead to January, this team is going to be a hell of a team to play against in the second half of the season. Because mm. we will get Ryan Ellis back. You're right. Mm-hmm. That's something Ellis that back. I've kind of forgotten about. Tourists will be pretty well versed in the system by then and more comfortable with the players he's playing around. We should be a really tough team to play against the second half of the season. I, I absolutely agree. Um, I think, I think a lot of people, when you, when you're missing a player like Ryan Ellis, I think that people forget, you know, when that player gets back, it's almost like you made a roster move without having to give up anything. So, it's it works on twofolds. Um, <laughs> I always like moves like that. Well, not moves, but you know, it sucks to be without somebody 
as as pivotal as Ryan Ellis was to the success of this team last year. But when you get him back mid-season when you when you should have things working and firing on all cylinders, when you get a guy that that's that good back without giving up anything, it is it makes a a whole world of difference. Um I'm very much looking forward to Ryan Ellis's return. Oh, we I all think are. That, I think that the defense has been pretty good, minus a few terrible games here and there. Eh, it's been spotty. Yeah. But, hmm. you, you know, that was to be expected. <laughs> well, one one bright side to the Kyle Torres trade or the fact that we did not land Matt Duchesne, it didn't cost us Matias Ekholm, which Absolutely. we should exactly. all be excited about. Um, I know both of you guys kind of spoke a little bit about losing Sam Gerard and Vladislav Kamenev. Um, let's speak a little bit more about what Kyle Turris brings to both sides of this team. When he's on the ice, what can we expect from him? Well, uh, Turris, he's, um, I, I've followed up here in Canada. You see all the Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal games and whatnot. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty familiar with him as a player. Uh, he's a great shooter. He's got a great release. Um, he's a solid playmaker all around. Finds his teammates, gets them the puck. Uh, smart offensively. Um, he's a strong two-way game. He plays well on his own end. Uh, he wins faceoffs. Um, he's a he's a great guy. He does from yeah. all from all reports online. He's supposed to be like a great guy off the ice, which is something the Preds love. Um, he's a full package and. Uh, Maybe a little more so than Duchesne, who's Duchesne may be a little more uh, dynamic offensively, but Turris brings a stronger game to both ends, and maybe the Preds are, were more into that making this move. Definitely, and when you I like, I like the you look at what Ottawa actually had to give up to get Duchesne, and that's uh, pretty uh, pretty explanatory. Uh, as far as why we coveted tourists over Deshane, just the price was astronomical for Deshane. And I mean, for all the flack Joe Sackett got, uh, give him credit. He got uh, a handsome haul for, in return for Matt Deshane at the end yeah, of the day. Absolutely. He fell into a lucky situation absolutely. waiting and uh, it paid off for him. <laughs> it worked out definitely. I was looking back at uh at some of the at some of the predictions from last from the last episode that we made, and I was yeah. able to mark off the Matt Duchesne trade, which was nice. Uh, now I'm just kind of waiting on Joe Sackick to get fired so I can be right. <laughs> but that doesn't look like it's gonna happen now. Well, my bold prediction he, did get he doesn't get much. fired, so maybe mine will hold yeah. up. <laughs> I think hey. yours has, has more. <laughs> oh, don't um, keep them around after that movie just made. Yeah, yeah that was a, a, that was a fantastic movie. So, you know, I may have been wrong about Philip Forsberg or you know Chicago or James Neal. Not far but off. I was right about I was right about Matt Duchesne getting traded. So Philip Forsberg could that. score hundred goals. Let's be honest. <laughs> You're right. He's on pace for. For well over 80 points right now, if I'm not mistaken. So, I like my chances on that one. Um, however, let's uh, let's keep it moving. 
I like that we kind of knocked out it whether or not Duchesne was a better player. I know you said more dynamic offensively, but the fact that Kyle Turris provides so much defensively is is a big bonus for us. Definitely. Um, next, let's just let's go ahead and and get into some of the results from so far in the season. Uh, the Predators are third in the division. Uh, you guys will have to let me know what, what our point total is, if are you guys even care to. 16 points. In the right now? No, no, there's so. teams ahead of no? us, but points-wise, we're tied for third. But there are teams ah, ahead of hmm. us. Yeah, I mean, we're ah, definitely not far out of it. There's a lot of hockey left. Definitely. Exactly. We've only played, you know, a few games so far. I'll tell you what, though. Uh, the Blues not even... Blues are seven points ahead of us and looking pretty for real. And I don't think any of us picked the uh... – I don't think any of us picked the Blues to win the division. <laughs> Ryan and I were talking about that before we went on. I think he said he had him six. Is that oh, right, wow. Ryan? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, well, I didn't I have the Jets to win the division. Yeah, so, so. we kinda, we can discount all of Ryan's predictions after that. Hey, they're but, second uh, right now. Second. Hey, yeah, hey, they could still do it. It's possible. Yeah, I mean, we're tied for third in the division, so that's not bad. So I was kind of right. No, we're in a good spot. We're yeah. in a good spot. I mean, considering we're playing with the Ellis and – Right now, really, we're trying to keep our head above water until he comes back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think we've done a decent enough job of that to this point at seven wins, five losses, two overtime losses, 16 points. Uh, I think we've done a decent enough job. We've had a few bad luck games. Um, we've had some call or some games yeah, where bad. officiating has, has kind of effed us. Mainly mm-hmm. that uh, the 2-1 Chicago Blackhawks loss. Both of you guys oh, know man. it well, I'm sure. Let's yeah. not talk about it. Yeah. It, uh, we we won both games in California, which is really good. Yeah. About two out of three. Two out of three. Awesome ah, you're right, you're right. Ah. Okay, so... <laughs> I need to pay a little bit better attention to what's going on. And I know we lost to San Jose, but <laughs> I guess I got so excited by beating uh, Anaheim and L.A. that I didn't too much worry about it. Uh, but L.A.'s been playing really good hockey, so that's something we can definitely yep. hang our hat on. That was a big one. That was a roller coaster of a game, but it was a yeah, big two, two points. Any way you can get them, just, just get the points. Um, and like I said, we've, we've really played – pretty decently without a main cog like Ryan Ellis. And I'm excited for what the addition of Kyle Torres brings to the rest of the season. It's definitely going to improve us. I mean, you got to give him a few games, you know, five, ten games or so to get Mm -hmm. adjusted. But once he starts to, you know, get get to know everyone – Get a feel for each other on the ice. This team could be really. I disagree. Good. Ryan Ellis is going to come back and be immediately hey, impactful. Huh? There I, you go. I say two games, and he's gonna he's gonna set up right there at the top of the circle, and he's gonna start hey, firing. I, him I would be totally okay with that. And saw it a bunch last year, and 
I mean, we saw it how many times last year where he would find that one spot on the ice right there at the top of the, the circle and and just rip one. Yeah. It was one of the prettiest plays in hockey that I've seen since I started watching. And it happened so frequently that you just started to expect it. Very few do that as well as Alice. Mm -hmm. Mm. The power plays missed them, you can tell. Has it, though? Definitely, yeah. I mean, it has, but but we're still, we're doing pretty good. We're scoring on the power play, let's let's be honest. But, I mean... We could be even that more deadly with the, Ellis. The, the you don't power. see a lot of shots from the blue line on the power play. The power play's been kind of inflated because it got off to a weird start with like that game in Boston where they scored two with the goalie pulled, and then against Philly they scored with the goalie pulled on the power play. It, it, it's been weird so far, and the numbers sort of inflated. I... I, I really don't like their setup right now with Arvidsson at the left point taking one-timers. His shot's not heavy enough or strong enough to get through. And I, I think Turris could be a good addition there. Like, he spent a lot of time on the left point with the... Well, I won't say a lot of time. He definitely spent time on the left point with the uh, the Senators. And maybe by putting him there, we can have RV back in front of the net. And that power play can be a lot better. Hey, that's some good stuff. Let's hope it happens. Absolutely. We'll see. We'll um, see what they do. Can we can we talk about how good Pecorino has been? Why not? It's, it's been... Of course, we saw two different Pekkas, I think, last season. I think we saw, an, yep. we saw yeah. an elite version of Pekka, which I don't think he got enough credit for coming into the season. But he didn't get enough credit because of the inconsistency during the regular season, you know? Uh, but this season, it seems that he's come out and and shown that he does not want to just play into the playoffs as long as his career will last. He wants to make deep runs and try to win a Stanley Cup before he calls it quits. And it's been a lot of fun to watch this year. Uh, UC Saros has, has not been a great backup this year. Well, give him credit for the game at L.A. He played well. That's true. Uh, he gave up a very dumb goal. He got faked out at the red line on a dump in, and they shot uh, straight straight to the goal, and he wasn't there to defend yeah. it. So that was dumb, but I guarantee you UC Saros will not let that happen again in his career. So it was a lesson learned, and that was really the only bad goal he gave up. So you got to give him credit for the L.A. game. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, I just – I really like what I've seen from Pekka this year. Uh, I like our chances when he's in the net. I don't know what his, what his stats are at the moment, but I can find them really quickly. Huh. I need to – eBay just reminded me about a Samuel Gerrard card I was bidding on. Mm. I'm no longer bidding on it. <laughs> yeah, cancel that one. No offense to Sam Gerrard. We all know how, how good he's going to be. He's shown us a lot this year. Let's see. This year, Pekka's 6-2 and two with a 2.19 goals against average. I almost said ERA, <laughs> which would have been the completely wrong sport. 
He's got a save percentage of 930, and he's got a shutout so far. Wow, that's really good. Mm-hmm. He's been great. He's been really following the puck well. He's been super. He's been using his athleticism. He's yeah. been great. 6-2-2. Two, two. He's been he, fun to watch. He came out this year with a completely different attitude. I mean, you could tell from the get-go that he he there was no drop-off from from the way he played in the playoffs and the way he started this season. I yeah. made, I made a joke on Twitter. I said, did someone forget to tell Rene that the playoffs were over? And it, it, I don't know how well it went over, but, I mean, that's the way he's played. It's like it, every game is for the cup. I like that mindset, though. I think that's a mindset you need to have if you want Absolutely. to continue to be an elite goalie. Definitely. I can't believe he's only been an all-star once in his career. Yeah, I mean, to Jimmy he, Howard he's played time. at Nashville his whole <laughs> career. He doesn't get any credit. 2012, his best season. He missed the All-Star game because Jimmy Howard made it. Oh, my God. I'm still mad about that. I'm still mad. He followed it up I didn't a few seasons that. later with a, a 41-17-6 and six season with a 2-1-8 goals against and a save percentage of 9-23. Hey, hey. He finished second in the Vezina voting twice. but Yeah. T- twice. T- yeah, yeah. Yeah, I should have won it. Well, let's hope we can keep playing this well in front of him this year. And uh, he's approaching 15,000 career or 14,000 career saves. Would be nice if we could play (laughs) even better in front of him. Yeah. Yeah. One more thing that we didn't talk about with the the Kyle Turris trade. I feel like this show is probably not going to be that long um, unless you guys – have more to add that that I'm just not touching on. But one thing that we didn't touch on with the with the Kyle Turris trade is one of the potential lineup additions that we could make towards the end of the year that makes us even better. And that's Ely Tolvanen playing out of his mind. 14 goals, 11 assists, 25 points in 27 games. And he's been lighting the KHL up as a as an 18 year old i know ryan's real big on him i think uh <laughs> yeah i've been following i think closely. hockey fans should be big on him as i mean at 19 to to be running through a professional sports league is unheard of 18, 18 i'm sorry i just said he's, 18. he's a 99 yeah but at at that young of an age to be tearing up any professional sports league is unreal and if we were to add him to a line with Kyle Torres and Kevin Fiala, that's a lot of speed. That's a lot of shooting. Uh, I, I'm not familiar with Ely Tolvanen's puck handling ability. Okay. Solid. He's good. He's good at everything. Well, yeah. That, <laughs> that just makes us, He's that makes us deadly come April, you know, when we're staring at If he comes. We'll see. I mean, there's a number of factors that work towards him coming to Nashville. The The KHL season ends the beginning of March, and then the playoffs run into April. So it all depends on how Jokert does okay. through the season. But depending depending on what happens, he could be here come April for a run, which would be a lot. Yeah, would be, like, that would be similar to the, to, the, to the performances we got out of Freddie Gaudreau 
in the playoffs that kind of came out of nowhere. And uh, who's the other one? Pontus Aubert. He had a couple goals. Yeah. Pontus hasn't hasn't really been super impressive this. Uh, no, this he season. has. He has. A, nah, I didn't he, expect he, a lot out of him though. I mean, he's he's. To uh, be honest, I did. Really? Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's not a guy we're giving up a lot to keep. He's he's got a pretty good role on the team, but you know, some nights he's scratched. Uh, so yeah. it's it's not like we're relying on him for a lot of goals. I uh, I may just not know what I'm looking for yet when it comes to, to young guys like Pontus. Um, Kevin Fiala is another guy that's really impressed me this year. He's played yeah, well. Better. He'll He's be, played I, well. I His really stats like don't you. show it, though. He, he started off pretty slow. He was making poor decisions. He was taking shots when he shouldn't have. He was holding on to it when he shouldn't have. But I, I, I want to say some of that came with him being somewhat rusty from an injury. I don't know if that really makes sense or not. But over the course of the year, the last few games, he's really improved and he's been a lot more um, reliable offensively, even though, like you said, yeah. the points aren't there. He's, he's yeah, looked he's a lot a, better. You know... And now with the addition of oh, Kyle yeah. Turris... With the addition of Kyle Turris, hopefully that will be the true number two center he needs to, you know, take him to a a level that they expected when they I, picked I him. I think it will. Level. I think it'll definitely help Fiala's game substantially. But, uh, well, I lost my train of thought. I was going to say something about Fiala, but carry on. When was the last time I... Uh... What was I gonna say? I don't I'm looking for the last time that Benino played, because that's someone who. Oh, I was again. I was uh, gonna just bring up the the fact that when Fiala's line is on the ice, you you know they're there. They they announce their presence, and uh, I think he was with uh, Smith, Sissons, and him on a line. What wasn't that the line that that that. Um, it, that, that line won us a, a game uh, not too long ago, just out of sheer sheer effort and will. The Jofa line wasn't doing anything that game, and that was really the line that played the best. And Fiala was a big part of that. They, I, you might be thinking of the Philly game in Philadelphia. They it won was nothing. the Philly game, and and that was probably Fiala's best. It was probably Fiala's best yeah, game of the season. Yeah, I think you're great. right. It was Philly. Um, another prospect that's been pretty, been playing really well is Emil Patterson, with four goals, seven points, or seven assists, and eleven points in just ten games. Uh, you guys are better at following the prospects than I am, so if you wouldn't mind speaking on that one a little bit. Well, it's surprising. Uh, that he's playing this well. This is his first uh, real entree into uh, professional hockey on American ice. And he's been uh, Milwaukee's best player uh, to start the year. And I think his play uh, really uh, made Kamenev expendable. 
because Emil has has looked so good starting out for the ads. Now it's really early in the AHL season and we'll see if he can keep it up and if he can uh, find some level of consistency, but you have to love what he's done to this point. I, I haven't been able to follow him really. I it's, it's impossible to get AHL hockey unless you want to pay like 300 bucks for it. But from everything I've read on Twitter, he's played really well. I wouldn't be surprised if he was a part of the reason they decided to move on from Kamenev. Even though I think with the, the tourist trade happening, Kamenev's spot in the NHL, like a lot of people like a lot of people on Twitter were saying his spot in Nashville of kinda went away. He he there was no way he was gonna there was no way he was gonna like uh overtake Benino or Turris or obviously Johansson and he kinda became like a wanderer. On, on the in the Preds organization, that probably was the reason why he was traded. It definitely was nice to have Kamenev as a, an asset to trade. Uh, I mean, that's the best thing you can say about him. He may end up being a good uh, top six guy in in the NFL. I mean, the, I said NFL, NHL, but we'll. Uh-huh. Uh, we, uh, we'll give him away to get what we got in return nine times out of ten. Once again, if you if you skip past the first part of the show, we traded for Kyle Turris. Uh, we also extended him for six years at thirty six million. Yeah, we didn't mention that. Which, yeah, I don't know why I glanced over that. Just completely forgot to mention it. It's what makes this trade so wonderful. Uh, Kyle Turris was going to be a an unrestricted free agent this after this season, if I'm not That's mistaken. That's right. So, yep. to yeah. be able to lock him up along with you know Victor Arvidsson and Ryan Johansson and Philip Forsberg and everybody that we just threw money at in the off season, uh, it's it's really nice to have a core that's going that's going to be together for the foreseeable future. Um, Nick Bonino, he's here for four years, even though, you know, he's only played five games and hasn't really been, hasn't done anything super impressive so far. No, we're still Uh, feeling it. It is something that, yeah, it's, it's definitely something that's going to get better with time. Uh, he's got to come back from an injury. I want to say it's his back. I'm not sure Um, to be honest. I think he's even, let me see. Wasn't it from his playoff yeah, um, injury? I, I have no idea. a lower I extremity, but I'm not. I'm not positive. I may be thinking about him breaking <laughs> his to... uh, tibula, but um, but yeah, it, it'll be nice to get him back and see how he fits with the team. Some have suggested playing him at wing since our center depth suddenly is so good. Uh, maybe he could be a winger on the second line. I would not do that. What's that, Ryan? You don't? I don't like the idea of that. I do not like the idea of that. I it, Center and of wing course. is very different. No, they no, seem no, the same because they're both forwards. But there's the way you read the play, where you are, your responsibilities, everything's different. And, and a lot, there are guys, you look at like Cal Yarncook, he can play both center and wing very, like, like very, 
and and that's something that Definitely. is like a valuable trait in a player. But and maybe Benino could too. I I know he played some wing in Anaheim, but that was with like Getzlaff. So it's like, um, but but the he he's a face-off man. He's good. That's a good like, point. I don't know. I just feel like he always looks comfortable as a center. You'd have to try him and see. Like I'm not saying he wouldn't be able to play the wing, but he he just he's a natural center, and I feel like it would be. It I think be you definitely to want to see what center. you have on that second line with Fiala and Smith uh, centered by someone the likes of Kyle Turris before you make any kind of determination on uh, putting Nick Benino at wing. I mean, uh, if that line flourishes without him, there's obviously no need to even try him there. He's going to be a good third-line center. You know what you have in him as a third-line center because – He's he's played that role before, um, and and really that's 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 a much better fit Very for him than playing on the second line like we were we were playing him for a while there. Yeah, yeah, he'll play his role on the third line. He's he's he showed it in Pittsburgh that third line role away from uh, like stronger opponents. He he can really be a successful player. Yeah, I think I think getting him back is really going to probably make a difference in um, in our offense. What once we get everyone healthy, uh, that's that's why I'm saying, you know, second half of the season we're going to be strong. Hopefully, we can we can finish strong and 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 have some kind of home advantage in the playoffs because uh, we we've obviously seen what not having home advantage in the playoffs equates to. And when you're so good in front of your home crowd, you definitely want to have that advantage. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, just so far this season, the Predators are 3-1-1 and at home, 4-4-1 uh, and on the road. Now, of course, that's definitely unbalanced, and we played a lot more games on the road than we have at home. But, you know, that's it's going to balance out by the end of the season. Um, and and you we saw last year in the playoffs just how beneficial that home crowd was. And uh, hopefully with everything that, that this roster has, has turned out to be and is shaping up to be in the future, you know, hopefully that translates to more wins, which gives us a better chance at, at home ice, at least for – you yeah, know, the first and second round, you've got to be really good to get it all throughout. Uh, as well, I say that, but it didn't do Chicago any favors last year. And uh, anytime we can take a shot at <laughs> oh, Chicago, yeah. I'm down for it, even if it's yeah. unwarranted. Like that was completely <laughs> unnecessary, but I like taking shots at them. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, hopefully. Hopefully this roster continues to to shape up and and really come to what we expect out of these guys. Uh, I am not super. I'm not really disappointed with anything the Predators have done to this point. I've re- I've only I've missed a couple games so far this year, but that's just from being extremely extremely busy in a way I've never been before. Um, but I. Like I said, I I really like what we've done to this point, um, and I I really think it'll get better. 
you know, like you guys said, we'll when Nick Benino gets back and and finally develops some chemistry with what we presume to be the third line. Uh, obviously, there's no way they're going to move him down to the fourth line unless he just doesn't play well. No. I with with how deep the Preds roster has become, like with this move and even beforehand, the the numbering the lines That's becomes true. less and less significant because, like, really. When all your lines become equal in caliber, nah. it doesn't really matter which one you put towards, like, up an, above another one. Because, I mean, if you put Benino with, say, I'm making up names with, like, Hartnell yeah. and Auberg, say, and then your fourth line, in quotation marks, is, like, say, Colton Sissons and Yarncroke and Watson or whatever, there's no point really naming one over that the other. That is deep. You just have a really deep Which team. is something that David... <laughs> And David Poyle even said that, I guess it was uh, the press conference from today, he said that we have scoring lines, lines as in plural, no, something that they've never really it's, had. It's so exciting, matches. you guys. I mean, having followed this team since 1998, and where we are right now versus where we were when we started is so drastically different. And it's so much fun being a fan of this team right now. And you just have to praise the wizardry of David Poyle. Think about it. In the past two years, he's acquired a bona fide uh, first-line center in in Ryan Johansson. He's acquired P.K. Subban for the defense. And he's acquired now Kyle Turris to be a second-line center and he hasn't touched the top four of the defense to do it. That is amazing. All credit to David Poyle. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the the biggest name that he traded was obviously former captain Shea Weber. Uh, we will leave it up to the listeners to decide who won that trade. I'm tired of even spouting that phrase. I don't care who won the trade. P.K. Subban's a Nashville Predator. Shea Weber's not. I don't care if that offends some people. I agree with you. <laughs> I like I like the I like the way the team is set up. You know, I don't I don't want anything to change unless it's for the better. Uh, P.K. Has, has done his job. Like I said, I I don't care who won the trade. That's that's for butthurt Montreal fans to decide as their team continues to. Not really do that well. Weber really had um, a bad yeah, second I'd... round of the playoffs the year before we traded him. He stuck out like a sore thumb in Lavi's system. And it just... it it Which is predicated of on... Of course. And P.K. Subban is, is emphatically a better fit for what Lavi wants to do than Shea Weber is. So <laughs> Montreal fans that yeah. that think they won that trade, go ahead, all the credit to you. Weber is incredible. I'll never not like Shea Weber. He's He was our captain. He was the face of the franchise. But you guys, I'm not crying over losing Shea Weber for P.K. Subban. I'm more excited about what P.K. does for the team. Absolutely, but but 
But Ben, Twitter told me that Suvan isn't a top 150. Right. Oh, you know what else? Oh my God! When I saw, oh, <laughs> when I saw that, I wanted to, I wanted to find a way to just shut Twitter down forever because it was the stupidest thing I've ever heard. You about. see a lot of dumb shit on Twitter, <laughs> and, and let's be honest. Oh my God! It's that that's nothing so compared awesome. to I'm sure what what Facebook has oh. to say about it. No, no way. Oh, That's the dregs that. right yeah. there. I never do Facebook. It's uh, it's like I already don't use Facebook like often. I have one, but I don't use it. Uh, when I do go on it, it's for a quick chuckle at former high school classmates and form or fellow predators quote fans end quote. Um. <laughs> I it's so much fun. Just like if you're having a bad day, that's where you should go. I don't go. know. I I think it would probably dumb. make my day worse. Well, maybe. But <laughs> last last night, last night on um on on Twitter, a um ah uh, what's his name? Seth Eason, I think his name yeah. is. I, I'm sorry if I screwed that up. That missed, he he tweeted he's that. He's the one who missed the uh the joke that I made about Sam Gerard. Oh, did he? He he. He showed me a screenshot off Pred's Facebook about um someone who was saying that they should have traded Tolvanen oh instead of Gerard. Oh my god! Because Gerard has. I was actually thinking today about Tolvanen and whether he came up in that trade, but I know I mean absolutely no one would ever trade uh, Ely Tolvanen. That would be like trading Forsberg for Mata and 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 and, and um and Martin Erat. Erat. That would be a catastrophically bad decision. That actually, that, that it sets you back. This actually, um, this actually moves into something I meant to say earlier when we were discussing the uh, the the tourist trade. Um, I'm I'm as big a Sam Gerrard fan as anyone. I I followed him from the moment we drafted him. I watched 15 or 20 games of his live last year. Um, like I'm I'm a huge fan. But one thing that I think Preds fans aren't realizing is in all this hype and how great he was to start this year and all the potential he showed you can draft more the preds drafted him they can draft another one this year's first round is it loaded is. with defensemen and you're you're a ways away from the draft and there's a lot of things that can happen guys can rise guys can fall so we don't know we don't even know where the preds pick we hope it's 31 a but we'll draft see if than last year but, too There are some legitimate defensive prospects that could follow the Preds. Guys like, um, off the top of my head, uh, Evan Bouchard, Jet Wu, uh, uh, Xavier Bouchard, Kalen Addison. Any of these guys, these defensemen, can fall to Nashville and impress the way Sam Girard did. So, Poyle, I, I think that's the one thing that the Preds uh, front office knows, is that they, they trust themselves to draft and develop defensemen. Yeah, and I was gonna say losing there's, Gerard there's definitely more depth in the system already. You know, with Dante yeah, Favre losing Gerard and, sucks, and uh, but it it doesn't mean we're not gonna keep getting these defensemen. Yeah. No, that's and, definitely I mean, true. It is. It's a deep just, draft. It literally next year. I think head. probably six out of ten of the first picks in the draft are probably going to be defensemen. It's it's really defense oriented or, or heavy and it's going to be that way throughout the first round so we could definitely 
I mean, I'm on my my draft philosophy is take the best available player. So who, if someone falls to us, uh, I presume we'll be picking late in the draft again. If if that happens and someone falls to us, you gotta you gotta take who's there and uh, take advantage of the situation. We're not gonna get an Ely Tovin in again next year. I can tell you that that just doesn't happen. I was gonna say he. Uh, it's unreal that we had a chance at 30. him. Uh, there's a lot of stupid teams that are regretting passing up on Ely Tovinen, but um, but we can still get a solid player. Blackhawk and um, uh, you know maybe not a Gerard quality player, but we've got good defensemen in the system already. Uh, we're gonna have more good defensemen enter the pipeline uh, starting this next draft. And it's just something we do really well. So you can't cry over losing a good defenseman uh, when you know that that you're just going to have someone else step up to replace him. Absolutely. And and when those when the pipeline talent reaches Nashville, and they play with guys like PK and and Matthias and Roman and Ryan Ellis, when they play with those guys, they're going to get better without a doubt. And that's a that's a big bonus for for those young guys. It's something that other teams can't say. You know, they don't. They're not going to get to learn from from four really high quality defensemen that early in their career. You know, like that was one of the one of the reasons we wanted Sam Gerrard to play while he was here in Nashville was so he could learn from from those guys. Uh, and and since Sam Gerrard wasn't getting the ice time that all of us wanted him to get. We're yeah, it's Especially it was shrewd on better. on Poole's part to keep Gerard around, and I think it was primarily to show him off to Colorado, and um, and and use him as a, a as a trade piece to get that second line center that we coveted. I firmly believe that that was part of the plan. Uh, that's one reason you didn't see Gerard in every game, um, like like a lot of people wanted to. Uh, that's one reason that that he was expendable for us is is because he's a he's a top four guy. Uh, we just we we can't we don't have room for a top four guy on on our line. Uh, yeah, our top at, four at is, the stage is that there. Gerard is at, where really he has no business going back to junior hockey. Colorado no. could definitely. No, he's. I think he's ready. They can. They can accommodate him much better than we can. They're yeah, to they're going to use him. He's going to play. He he flew to yeah he flew to Sweden today because Colorado is playing the Senators exactly. Friday and Saturday in Sweden and so there he's going to be inserted into that lineup instantly and you know all all serious stuff aside I think the Predators need to stop making trades with Colorado involved this is the third time in like 12 months that we've made a deal with them dating back to uh Cody McLeod Colin Wilson and now Samuel Gerrard we need to stop making deals with them not that it's hurt our team but you know, they've gotten, oh, they've enough, gotten from enough. It's time to it's time to move on, and if we're gonna make more moves, 
If we're gonna make more moves, let's yeah. make them with somebody else. I I get uh, what you're trying to get. I think that, but uh, uh, you yeah. know, they are. Gonna... Oh, one thing I meant to ask you guys because nobody What's really that? responded to me on Twitter. But uh, I meant to ask you guys personally because nobody really responded to me on Twitter. Do hockey trades not really happen it, mid game? It's rare. No, is that I? I haven't. It's very one, rare. I haven't seen one since Camilleri got yanked against okay. Boston a few years back. Okay, but he, I think he said something to the media the day before that pissed the Canadians off, and they traded him to Calgary like the middle of like the second period the next night. Yeah, because I. But other than that, it doesn't happen. I was gonna say because everybody you know freaked out about Matt Duchesne being pulled off the ice, and and I was just like wait a minute, is this not a common occurrence? Because in baseball, I've seen it happen plenty of times. I've seen a guy, you know, he'll play second base for the first four innings and then, you know, the fifth inning, especially on trade deadline day, you see a ton of those moves happen where they just they start hugging their yeah, teammates and then they're out. That's a dramatic you know, scene. We saw uh, what was <laughs> a couple years ago. Wilmer Flores. Yeah, Wilmer Flores sure. was right before the playoffs started. It was a waiver trade, and they pulled him, and he was crying, and then he said he wasn't coming out of the game, and then it turns out he wasn't even being traded because the Carlos Gomez deal fell through. And I know I'm I'm mixing sports, and that's not what we're here to do. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's really all I I wanted to know, and I'm glad you <laughs> – A couple years ago. I'm glad you guys are here. Um, maybe – three, four seasons ago. I'm not sure when it was exactly. Um, the Maple Leafs played the Red Wings, uh, the, the like the Winter Classic on New Year's Day. Mm. I love the Wilds. they yanked John Michael Lyles off the ice, like in warm-ups. In warm-ups, as he was walking on the ice to start like warming up outside. And like, I think it was at the Madhouse or something. And they yanked him off and traded him like Carolina or something. That must have... I always, every, every, uh, franchise that i started in nhl uh i would always trade for john michael lyles i loved him as a defender (laughs) well guys Uh, another thing that i wanted to mention before we got out of here is what victor edgesell is doing over in sweden he's played 15 games he's got seven goals six assists for 13 points uh, so nearly a point per game clip to start the year. It's early in their season, but he's playing at the top level of uh, Swedish hockey, and he's productive. And he's a guy that we got in free agency uh, this past off season. He came to one of the Blackhawks games, and we blew him away. And he was like, he actually said what translated to every game is like a party and that sold him on Nashville. And that's another guy we've got in our system. That's playing really well right now. And that's the, uh, the big forward, if I'm not mistaken. He's a centerman. Yeah. He's like, yeah, he's a big guy. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. uh, He's a big guy. Cause that was a, like a late season last year signing. It was. I want to say, like, while we were in the playoffs against the Blues, we made that deal. Yeah, I think you're right. I want to say I was at work when... Yeah. So, yeah. I was at work that day watching the Blues when I should have been doing my job. But, uh, oh, well. 
Yeah, I I watched one HV seventy eight. What's what are they called? HV seventy one. HV seventy one. I watched one of their games this year to see what he was like, and and he looks good. He's a uh, for for how big he is, he's a pretty solid skater. Good hands, good shot, all that. He could be a good piece if they move him over to North America next year. Get him on the the uh, North American ice and uh, see what we got with him. Well, guys, that's would be nice. That uh, I think that covers all of our bases. That was a good show. I'm glad we did it. I I hate that we haven't been able to produce at a weekly clip, but you know. I think a monthly recap is is all right for right now. Um, hopefully, there's some more exciting stuff to cover, and we can get back to get back to recording more frequently. Um, but that's that's all I have, unless you guys have anything else. I think that's it. All right. Well, as always, yeah. you can follow us on Twitter at GOTC Podcast. Uh, personally, you can find me at lame underscore Gretzky. Uh, Ryan and Ben. You can find me at Ben Stancliffe, B-E-N-S-T-A-N-C-L-I-F-F. But follow the podcast. That's where we tweet during hockey games. Yeah. Ben kills Yeah, you can, Yeah, you can. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm on Twitter uh, at AngryPredsFan. And, uh, yeah, you can hear me complain about things. Not the tourist trade, though. That was awesome. Yeah, I was going to say. You're not as point? angry as you think you are. Yeah, lately there's. Oh, you should have seen me last year. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're right you're now, way more sensible than, than your moniker suggests, though. <laughs> yeah, and right now there's not a whole lot to be angry about, uh, at least from my point of view. I don't know if. if... Emelyn. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we were gonna get through a show without mentioning him i uh i had honestly forgotten he was on the team so yeah, all right how could you forget oh and i i just <laughs> said earlier that everybody that we brought in had deep playoff experience and i don't know that alexi has any. he was he was on them when they went to the eastern conference finals i think okay right i'm not sure yeah i think you're right. either way Okay, so my point still stands. Cody kind of knows what he's talking about. All right. <laughs> but, yep, that was another episode of GOTC. We will try to get one out uh, as soon as we can, at least when we feel it's necessary, or unless demand requires us to make another one. If if we get a bunch of listeners again, I will be glad to do one. Uh, I haven't actually checked what the second episode did lately. But... If you guys want to record, just let me know. I'm usually not doing anything. We'll do it. I say that, but right now I'm producing You're a busy guy, Cody. Yeah, I'm producing five different podcasts, and only two of them are mine. And it's it's been a a busy month for me. I have been running back and forth like crazy lately. But thank you guys for joining me again, and uh, we will get another one out as soon as we can.